Welcome to the JD Power Work at Home podcast. I'm Michael Vermillion with JD Power. And with me today are Mark Miller, leader of JD Power's customer service advisory practice. Uh, welcome, Mark. Hey, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. And we also have a special guest today, Carl Eckert from Amelia. Uh, welcome, Carl. Thank you, Mike. Good to be here. So before we jump in, let's just spend a minute on why we're focused on work at home. Uh, work at home is an extension of our organizational best practices work here at JD Power. And our goal for this podcast is to highlight some of the organizational challenges of work at home. And hopefully we'll also point out some solutions. So with that in mind, let's jump in. So Carl, um, we'd like to, to start with you. And, um, and the topic for today is around employee happiness. And so I'm um, just interested in terms of, um, of your, uh, your company and, and starting, uh, Amelia, how you got into employee happiness. What, what, um, what opportunity did you see there? Yeah, sure. So I think it's probably good context to just explain pretty quickly what, what it is that we do. Um, so everyone knows that as well. Uh, basically, Amelia is about creating happier companies from the inside out, starting with employee mental health and well-being, because we believe that if you're happier where you work, you're going to be a better employee and your company's going to be better off and those around you are going to be better for it. So that's kind of the, the mission and the product. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. It's an app a highly personalized mobile app that allows employees to develop better mental health habits. And then we allow HR teams to track the usage of the app to quantify whether or not it's a success. So HR is really concerned with the question, are my people using this? And we want it to be able to check the box yes to that and then, and then, and then show them uh, more beyond usage, the benefits associated with having people who are better rested, who are better connected to one another, and are less stressed and less burned out. Um, so that's us in a nutshell. How we got here, uh, we're a, a diverse team, but a small team. Uh, we all worked in a, kind of across tech and finance. So I was actually, I'm a former uh, investment banker, was doing investment-related work in real estate, um, ended up managing small teams of you know, analysts, associates, and peers, and saw a ton of great talent come and go because people were burned out at work. You know, working anywhere between seventy to eighty hours a week can put you know a real strain on you as a human being, especially in a high stress work environment uh, where you know things are demanding and there's really really serious projects and everyone's kind of operating at the fullest limits of their you know intellectual capacity. Uh, and that's a lot on people who are young and people who are older and people who are you know midway into their careers. So I wanted to kind of reverse some of the work that I had done in the past and go out and help HR by creating a product that would allow them to put their resources in the right place to take better care of their people. And this was a sentiment that was shared by my co-founders who were working as product managers in Silicon Valley at tech companies like Yelp and uh, early stage startups backed by Y Combinator that they'd also seen, you know, people burn out because the, the, the tech world despite all the amenities and all the, the great stuff you might see on the surface, it can be a really stressful place to work too. So I think the mission of helping people manage their mental health and happiness at work for free for them at the expense of their employer for the sake of the company is kind of what we're all about. Yeah, it's terrific, um, Carl. So uh, I, I know that one of the um, features of your approach is around personalization when onboarding an employee. So, so I wonder if you could speak a bit about your thinking 
and um, approach around personalizing the experience? Yeah, sure. So I think, you know, the the approach that we're taking is that we believe every single person is, is obviously different and on their own journey towards better mental health. Um, so what might work for some may not work for others and vice versa. So kind of where we've seen some shortcomings from others in the same market as us is they're taking consumer products uh, like meditation apps or even other types of fitness apps that assume people are coming to the app and they've already bought into the idea that, you know, meditation works, yoga works, breath work works. And, you know, this is exactly what I'm, I'm seeking that out as the end user. In our case, what we've seen in the workplace is a lot of people who may be stressed out, who may be depressed, who may not be sleeping correctly, who want more uh, peace and pause in their life may not necessarily be educated about the benefits of meditation or open to the idea of yoga. And there needs to be a bit of a discovery process on their end. So, and then again, there's also folks that are, you know, more or less experts uh, with self-care. And so, you know, coming at them with something too simple might not work. So the whole belief is that we want to create a product that gets to know each user pretty intimately, ask them questions like a friend would, like a companion would about what they're going through, how they're sleeping, how stressed out they are, what it is that they want to work on. Do they want to have a better morning routine? Do they want to get more sleep at night? Do they want to feel more connected? Do they want some more fitness at home, wherever they are in this kind of crazy place where we are today? And either way, we allow the way the app is built collects these inputs from the user. And we also allow folks to sync wearable devices like Apple Watches, Fitbits, Whoops, Aura Rings to see the way that their health is more or less improving or not improving based off of their health and happiness, their their mental health, their well-being. So it's a long way of saying that we put a lot of feelers out there to really, really educate ourselves on our users to understand them and then use that information to provide the right recommendations for the right people at the right time. Yeah, terrific. Um, so, so one last question, Carl, um, for you. And that is, I, I think that one thing that uh, organizational leaders would be concerned with would be around how to maintain engagement with this app and this approach over time. So any any secrets for um, for the people who are looking to deploy this this type of solution? I think what we've we found is that this approach, which is kind of a good segue from the last question, right? The, the personalization approach tends to make the experience much more relevant. So, you know, there's a statistic that we came across that for wellness apps that they feature about a 6% monthly active user rate in terms of engagement uh, across workforce or employee populations. Again, so that's 6% of users or of all employees are active on a monthly basis. We've actually been able to quadruple that and in some cases have seen north of 42% at some companies based off of this more personalized approach that it's not that the technology is obviously something we're excited about, but it's a similar tech stack to what you see on Spotify or Netflix that uses machine learning to understand the consumption habits of their viewers, in our case, our users, and then it uses those inputs to refine an algorithm that makes recommendations for each person, like in a recommended for you section going forward. And the power of that recommended for you section uh, lies in the solutions that you're providing. If they really resonate with folks, 
that they become hooked and that's an engaging experience. And that's kind of the, I guess, the framework behind or the thought process behind our engagement loop. So it's providing things that are more meaningful to different types of personas, but realizing that everyone is different. So in order to get there, we have to understand the individual as much as we can to provide a scalable solution for them and for others. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, so Mark, uh, what do you think? I, th- this has got a lot of application in the contact center space, right? For uh, organizational leaders who are worried about things like how do I take better care of my people and how do I help them avoid burnout, especially in this work at home environment? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of great elements to this. Um, it's very empowering, right? Uh, one of the things that's happening is this notion of lack of control uh, in a pandemic situation. And um, also there's lack of support in call centers as we've moved away from brick and mortar where there's so much support with your peers, managers, supervisors, um, and then a whole host of other electronic support uh, features. And now it's been reduced essentially to Um, more on the electronic side and so that you know this can put you that feeling a little bit more of being in control which I think is very positive also you know the notion of an individual um, working with the app interacting with the app and then producing uh, individual suggestions and solutions to help uh, that person make the biggest strides. That is very consistent with the overall philosophy of top performing organizations in general, but particularly um, customer service organizations, technical support organizations. Of course, as everyone knows, everyone is different, different communication styles, different experiences. And even though we get the same training, that never manifests itself in the exact same way. And if it does, or if it did, in this case of heavy scripting, it's a horrible experience for both the individual uh, agent and the customer. So, you know, the notion of uh, this particular app and the concept of trying to really understand who you're dealing with and then empowering that individual to take advantage of in the case of the app, um, some specific needs um, and solutions that meet those needs. And in the case of really well-managed organizations, you know, understanding specific strengths, leveraging those while addressing very specific weaknesses, um, very consistent. So I think uh, it, it fits in well um, holistically with, uh, you know, top performing organizations. Mark, what, what kind of traction are we seeing for this type of uh, solution in, um, in in customer service organizations? Are, are, are they 100% penetrated at this point or 0% penetrated or, some, or somewhere in between? Yeah, it's definitely somewhere in between. I mean, most organizations uh, and especially um, high-performing customer care organizations who compared to other of organizations in general, even within high-performing companies, put a special emphasis on employee engagement. Um, so those organizations, I, I think, have a 
typically a higher penetration for tools and approaches to engage their employees and try and get the maximum uh, from them in the sense of support, right? Um, so I think that you'd find some penetration, but uh, fairly low, to be honest with you. It's going to be, you know, just more typical road stuff. That doesn't mean that there's not a lot of options uh, that are given in a, you know, LMS system where general topics are made available. And then you have that option to go in and utilize those. This is much more engaging. And so I, I think that that's what gives me some hope that you could put an app like this, especially in the hands of millennials who do really well with tools in their hands, but they don't really do well with tools outside of their hands. That, that's an interesting finding of millennia, uh, of uh, Gen Z uh, folks, rather. Those are uh, folks born after 1996. Um, so if you can incorporate this app-like feature, it's going to have much greater penetration because right now, you know, that population groups, you know, over 50% of what uh, you see inside call centers, and you're going to see that number grow to probably over 75% over the next five years. So this is really the way to go, put it in an app form, and then make it super engaging and uh, personalized. And that's going to be a good recipe for success. And Mark, you know, one last question, how do these types of tools make their way into these organizations? Is this something that HR discovers and introduces? Is it somebody from training or is it perhaps even an agent or a supervisor who kind of walks it into the organization and says, hey, look what I found? Yeah, I mean, the most typical way is HR, but I think the most effective way is through passion, right? Especially passion a little bit higher up in the org and making it available. Obviously, this is a, you know, for uh fee endeavor, uh, you know, as Carl mentioned, not to the agent, but if you, you have to have a believer in there. So, um, you know, the great thing about, especially I keep going back on, and I do have to make the distinction between high performing customer service and technical support organizations and those who are not those high performers who absolutely positively take input seriously from their agents um, and then try to address it and then close the loop, you could get traction from agents, uh, but it's likely to come through HR or through a passionate leader. Okay. Thanks, Mark. So Mark and Carl, thanks so much for joining us today. Yep. Thank you. My pleasure. And thanks to our listeners as well. To learn more about Amelia, you can find their app on the App Store or visit their website at itsamelia.com. That's I-T-S-A-M-E-L-I-A.com. Uh, and to learn more about J.D. Power's customer service advisory practice, please visit us on the web at jdpower.com business. And we'll see you next time. <music>